Hey everybody, we back again. I'm we're Spencer. Live. Okay, and we of course we have our interrupter and he's a licensed clinical therapist, Nas. Dr. Nas. No. No? no? Not yet? Never again. All right. Never again. <laughs> so he's like, I ain't doing so it either. Like, That's no. Yeah, no. <laughs> no one close to you will ever call you that, just so you know. <laughs> go fuck yourself. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. There you go. And of course, we have our guest for today. She is also a licensed clinical therapist. It's Serena. Hey. Welcome. <laughs> okay. There you go. Hey. Hello. Two weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> Tism. <laughs> Full circle. Full circle. All right. And today, we're going to be taking a look at a man called Otto. And this is also the Different Spectrums podcast. I am losing my mind today. I had no sleep last night. So, neither did I. Um, talk about movies, shows, mental health, all things surrounding them. We also have some laughs. So, don't take us too seriously. Or do. Also, don't forget to run up those likes for us. We'd really appreciate it. Yes. Before we get into our topic for today, check out our Google Drive that is on our link tree. It has a bunch of helpful tips for everything. Resources, apps, PDF. Serena, what did you what did you find in there? You're the one that told me to mention this. Well, you didn't tell me. Videos, I... articles, uh, apps, so many different things. Any the goods. any resources you're looking for, and they're nice and divided into categories. Yep, it's wonderful. Yep, you didn't say nothing about leaving no tip though. <laughs> oh yeah, and leave a tip. <laughs> Come on, you're taking the information. Oh, yeah. right. I'm talking about from your ass. I'm joking. Oh. <laughs> yeah, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone she, else, she's like, I'm taking this, I'm taking this. And she saw the tip jar. She's like, no, nah, I don't need that. <laughs> and also we have some uh, June guests coming on the show. So it'll be doctors. They will be people that know mental health. Yep. Social workers. Clinicians. Yeah, sure. Awesome women. Clinicians. Yeah. All right. You don't need to bring the gender into it. All right. Jesus. 2023, bro. Gender doesn't matter. All right. So like I said before earlier, A Man Called Otto. Taking a look at that movie featuring Tom Hanks. Uh, about a man who's very depressed, very sad, very sad guy, very sad and angry. Uh, maybe they're one and the same. No, so we'll we'll figure that out during the during our discussion. Uh, so the scenes that we're going to be looking at today is about uh, teaching um, one of the characters, Mary Saul, uh, how to drive, Mary Saul, Marisol, uh, teaching her how to drive, and then um, second scene all about um, after him and Mary Saul. Uh, have a discussion, uh, have an argument, I believe. Um, he goes to her house to use her phone. And uh, he kind of explains what's been going on with him. Because he hasn't uh, opened up. Okay. Yep. We'll go yeah. with that. 
He's a piece of shit for loving his crippled wife. How dare he? <laughs> How dare he? Son yeah. of a bitch. D- All white men are the same. Yeah. All of them are the same. <laughs> Way to stand up for me, asshole. Don't do it again. I can do it yeah. myself. All right. Yeah. So yeah, we're taking a look at those scenes. Very sad, very depressing movie, apparently. I've not seen it yet, but all I've been hearing is that it's very depressing. So yep. it makes me really want to watch it. It does. Yeah. Really love that. All right, now it's anything before we get into the scenes. Uh yeah. So today we're gonna dive into depression, grief, anger, hostility, relationships, love, uh, compassion, patience, regulating, and me and Serena will give some examples of uh, humans that we work with again uh, as Serena brought up uh, please go check out the Google Drive there are a ton of free resources resources right check on those check them out if you feel selling deads to put in a tip because there's a lot of hard work that went into those things just go ahead and donate some or you can go right to our Spotify and donate as well um, don't be like Serena actually tip alright yeah. come on do give better than me <laughs> yeah do yeah, better than the therapist give us well, some money we're out of empathy by the time we come home. We're like, you know what? Everyone go fuck themselves. So yeah, don't give us compliments. Just give us money. I don't, I don't yeah. want to hear any like, yeah. well, you guys did a good job. No, I don't want to hear that shit. <laughs> get the money, put the money in there. And as we get to that, uh, <laughs> welcome to our ads for chicken. <laughs> chicken. <laughs> Ah, oye, Otto, pero can we go in our car? Because I've only ever driven automatic. No, I'm teaching you how to drive. Ah. Get in. Go in. Okay, coming up on the red light, you're going to have to stop. Okay, but I, I get the clutch, right? You get the clutch. Okay, in the clutch. press in on the brake. No, no, the brake. Keep, the, keep, the keep the clutch in. But and in the brake, I, I put the no, clutch. Clutch oh. and brake. And now the brake. Brake. No. Brake. No. Espérame, no me grites. Don't no, shout at me. I am not shouting at you. Clutch in. It's in. It's in. We're going it's to in. stop and clutch in and brake. Ah! Brake. No. Brake. 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 No. The car is stopped. Ah! Don't hit the no! car. Brake. Brake. Yes. All right. Let go. Oh my god. Uh, brake. It's clutch and brake. I suck at this. You're just, I you're, suck. You're learning. Oh my god, I almost hit the car. It's like this. It doesn't matter, oh it's a god. hybrid. It's a hybrid, it's okay. A hybrid. Okay, I should go back. No, 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 no. Fine right where you but are. But I'm I, I'm very close. It doesn't matter. You're I don't fine need to go back. Are. Just wait for the green light. And okay, here we so go. So press in on the clutch. And give it a little gas. Slowly let out on the car. Oh, you're not in here. Green. Press in on the clutch. Shift in the clutch. Don't, don't have to turn the key. Ah, turn the key. Oh my god. Espérame, tantito. Slowly I just let can. out on the clutch. Yeah, yeah. And all you have to I do is do this. No, Otto. Otto, no. What? Oh, shit. What is wrong with you? She's learning how to drive. Did you not have to learn how to drive? Oh, calm down, old man. Hey, hey. I'm not your old man! Hey, you son of a bitch! If you honk that horn one more time, it'll be the last thing you do, you hear me? Huh? Comprende? Now you listen to me. 
You have given birth to two children. Soon it'll be three. You have come here from a country very far away. You learned a new language, you got yourself an education and a nitwit husband, and you are holding that family together. You will have no problem learning how to drive. My God, the world is full of complete idiots who have managed to figure it out, and you are not a complete idiot. So, clutch, shift, gas, your phone. Why can't you use your own? Mine is disconnected at the moment. Why? That doesn't matter. I just need to use your phone, okay? Do you know what? No. No? No. You won't tell me why your phone is disconnected? You won't tell me why you need to use my phone? You won't tell me what happened to you in the street yesterday? And then you went inside and you wouldn't even open the door? You scared me, Otto. Do you know how long I was out there? And I didn't know if something had happened to you? Or if something was gonna happen to you? And I'm sorry if I said the wrong thing about Sonia's coats, but I was just trying to help. And you? left me out there. So, no. You can't use my phone. You think your life is so hard because everybody's an idiot and you have to do everything on your own, right? Right? But guess what? You can't. No one can. And I think you should just be happy that someone was trying to help you get through a crappy day. Even if they're an idiot. So. The real estate bastards are trying to force Anita and Ruben out of their home. That's why I need to use your phone. Okay, fine. Sonia was six months pregnant, and she wanted to do something special before the baby came. So we booked a trip to Niagara Falls. On the way back, the bus crashed. 
There'd been a recall on the brake lines, but the company never had them fixed. Sonia was paralyzed, and we lost our son. After three months, she was finally able to come home. But they had started building the new condos and the community center and the walkways, none of which were designed for people in wheelchairs. The builders could have changed their plans, but the laws weren't in place back then, and they didn't care. The I did. And we're putting in a new playground I cared. for everyone. But there are plenty of places. And I was so angry. Like what does that mean? People like her? What is that? What do you mean? What does that mean? What are you trying to say? Go with me. Get off of me. That's when they voted me out as head of the Homeowners Association. I wanted to obliterate them all. The builders and the realtors and the bus company. Bus driver. I never would have let it go. But for Sonia. Sonia said we had to keep living. That's what I did. I lived for Sonia. Six months ago, she passed away. Cancer. I was going to join her. That's why I had them disconnect my phone. But now I think she wants me to keep living. And I have things to do. And we're back. And we're live. Like a... Like, like a... Like a Egg McMuffin biscuit. That's what you had. That's the thing <laughs> that you had. I played that one. You just Alright. Sausage go off okay. I still fucked it up. I was supposed to say sausage. <laughs> you did your best. Uh, griddle. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for being so affirming, Serena. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Serena. Really appreciate that. It makes sense you, with the scene. She never just calls you a fucking idiot ever. She <laughs> never does. Even though you are, never does. She's Anytime like, you say something stupid, she's like, you know what? I, I agree with it. I, you know what? You know, uh, yeah, you're a good person, Nas. Nas, you're a good person. And, and yeah. yeah. And someone will sausage. love you. I don't yeah. know who, but like, yeah, you're a simple person. I'm like, what? Did you just call me simple? God. Oh, okay. Kelly, yang and the yang. She's like, oh my gosh, you're, it's fine. It's fine. I'm like, shut the fuck up, dude. It's <laughs> Spencer's like, he's not going to learn his letter words if you're still being nice to him. Fair. Okay. All right. So, after all that, um, we just watched the first scene from A Man Called Otto, where he teaches Marisol uh how to drive and uh at first it wasn't going so well she didn't know how to use a automatic or manual there it is there it is. Uh, calm down all right calm down all right it's, there was two options i picked the wrong one all right <laughs> um and then she's having trouble and then she's at a stoplight and uh dude in a pickup decides to start honking his horn because she's having a panic attack Freaking yeah. out. Freaking out. Um, and then Otto gets out of his car and uh, 
kind of, you know, punks the other dude into stop honking his horn because she's just first learning how to drive. You're never um, going to yell at her. Just like that. Yep, just like that. He was that size, too. Um, and then uh, after that, he gives Marisol uh, really reaffirming words um, to tell her, like, you've done a lot. You've done a lot of things. You've had three children now. And you're, you can learn how to drive. You can learn the language. You can do it all. Yeah. And she starts driving and then parallel parks on the curb. Which didn't really have any criticism about that, but it's fine. It's fine. It's okay. We're all learning here. Right? We are. She's um, a good person. She's a good person. You can drive on the curb. It's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's kind of the scene. Um, let's start with Serena. What did you think of the scene when you first watched it? When I first watched it, one, I aspire to have that level of patience with my own children when teaching them to drive, of the ability to just kind of remain calm and talk them through it. I tend to get on the same level. <laughs> yes, I'll freak out with them. But I do have to say, I can absolutely relate. My first vehicle was a manual. And oh. it is anxiety-inducing, especially if you're on like a hill or at a stoplight and you're just learning with a manual. The amount of times I killed it. So I can absolutely relate to her. Okay. So that was just kind of some of my first thoughts. And then, of course, kind of bringing it to experiences with clients of learning a new skill and kind of being a part of, of that mentoring of, okay, we've got some barriers right away, the anxiety that comes into changing behaviors, um, but trying to remain calm, talking yourself through it, reminding yourself of like, hey, you know, I'm a resilient person. I've done hard things before. Maybe I'm struggling right now, but if I can kind of collect myself take kind of some of those transferable skills, bring them over. Maybe I can do this too. So there's a lot of overlap there too. Yeah, for sure. What about when you go ahead? I was just going to say the other part of it too, is I think there's some psycho ed with anxiety of that pressure you feel. If you've ever had the experience of like somebody's watching you do something or, yes. you know, honking the horn and your brain just shuts down. You're like, I, I can't do this. So I thought that was also a good example of that when we feel that overwhelming pressure and our frontal lobe just shuts off and we're like, we're not able to even problem solve or think rationally. If someone watches me do something or like when I used to have the intern sitting with me, I'm like, you know, the kid ain't usually that stupid when they sit with me or, <laughs> you know, they usually say shit. The amount of times that I've had interns sit with me and it's been uh, one of my wonderful neurodivergent students and it'll be like one of the quieter ones. And they're like, yeah, nah, so you did a lot of questions. And I was like, yeah, well, you know, I got to get the kid to say something and they have to be very specific and, and almost chronological. Um, and it's never with like a student like where we have a good conversation going and they can see me make therapizing. It's always like super awkward. And then the student's already shy. And then now it's even more awkward. I'm like, God damn it. Yeah. I had one come in on on-call when someone was shadowing me the, this year. And they were like a firecracker. They're just, rah, 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 rah. and I had to slow them down like three times. It was one of my clients. Uh, but they came in on-call. And then the other person's like, 
so that was intense. I'm like, yeah, she's good. Like she's she just needed a place to like vent a lot of stuff. She she's good. Um, but it's still even at year eight now, it's still weird to have like people watch you. Like yeah. soon as someone looks at you and you're like doing something on the computer, you're like, like instantly I already can't spell, and then they start watching me spell. Like I'm spelling <laughs> something on Zoom, and they're just like, "You're a fucking idiot." <laughs> I I have to like pep talk myself similar to the the talk he gave her of like you are a therapist you've been a therapist you know how to do this you know how to therapize things and work with people yeah done this before i seriously will have like those mini speeches with myself before i bring someone in because it's just the pressure you feel even when you you know you can do it but because they're watching you it's like uh my brain turns off almost always. It's like, what am I going to say? Oh, I'm going to start off with my name first. And I never remember to start off with my name. I'll be like 40 minutes into it. I'm like, hey, uh, by the way, Bobby Joe, by the way, my name is Nas. And they're like, oh, I wondered who you were. I'm like, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I wondered uh, who you were. Yeah, I wondered who you were. <laughs> Hello, stranger. Talk to me even, about therapy. I don't even fucking work here. <laughs> I'm just a janitor. I picked up some books. I was just taking a shit. I just needed a bathroom. I'm about to go back to work. Cars away. So Sam, what happened to you though? Uh, <laughs> let me show you your therapist. Uh, Jesus Christ! I'm telling you those those the way he interacts with her throughout the entire show to me is just fun to watch. Uh, cause he's like nasty to her, but then he also kind of does adore her. She gives him food. He looks at the food. And he's like, he writes down interesting, but he's tearing that shit up. Uh, yeah. Tearing it up. All the food, the cookies. He's like, leave the cookies, leave, leave the cookies. And like, uh, you know, obviously trigger warning for a lot of folks cause he tries to kill himself multiple times in this. He's just such an interesting character. And the relationship and dynamic between those two is wonderful. Uh, as a therapist, let's say you're Tom Hanks in that situation. You're patient. You're grounding her. You're affirming her. You're creating a plan. Now you're executing the plan. So let's say he's a therapist throughout the show, but he also has a ton of shit and issues. And he is healing from her and she is healing from them, right? Both of them are healing and learning from each other. So in the therapy dynamic and setting... It always goes like that. It's not just like you know fucking everything and then that's it. They don't affect you. They do. The other day, one of my... I'll say this and I'm going to ask Serena a question and then Spence. Uh, I had a grad student come in and he's like, you know what? I'm going to fucking drop out of this shit because I'm a fucking idiot. I'm like, no, you're not. Um, and now I'm going to be poor and I'll probably end up being homeless and then living on the street. I'm like, okay, let's break this down. As a PhD student... You make about twelve fifty an hour at this university. Twelve fifty an hour. You get a job at Walmart right now for seventeen. So you actually have more money if you were to quit this job. And she was like, "Whew, that actually felt pretty good." I didn't know that shit. My group therapy students, one of the other PhD awesome woman, uh, she's like, she said this and did all the numbers and all that stuff, and was helping other people ground. So I said, "You know what?" After my person regulated the other day, I said, "I'm gonna send this person an email." And let them know that it helped you because that will make her smile. And then she smiled, the one in front of me, because now she made that person smile. I said, the world is weird. You don't know what someone's going to say, what someone's going to do. It's all like interconnected sometimes. 
So I did send that individual an email and I'm sure they smiled from ear to ear and probably cried. Because uh, this person that's very good at being like a mama bear is like the spitting image of me. She's just a little, little white girl. <laughs> she's a dream. The dream. Uh, she's just good at fantasizing people. So you just never know, man. You can get people to regulate by saying certain things. Well, it's such a good example. I mean, that's a beautiful example of that catastrophizing that we do when we're in our fields and we're sometimes just talking it out loud and getting feedback from someone else. I can't tell you the amount of times I am a catastrophizer. That is my oh. thing. And okay. I say things to my partner and getting back kind of some logic or like, what are the odds that's actually going to happen? You know, when you get into the <laughs> really and then, odd. And then. <laughs> So sometimes just the ability to hear somebody, you know, calmly be like, well, you know, there are some other options. Have you considered this or that? And it's like, oh, yeah. Okay. Why would I do I've that? Got... Yeah. <laughs> Stupid and logical. Get the fuck out yeah. Leave. How dare you not validate me thinking that we're all going to die? <laughs> and it's my fault. Sometimes that happens. Because I undercooked the chicken. <laughs> It was just a little undercooked, all right? Salmonella yeah. is fine. No one said salmonella was bad, all right? Yeah. Oh, now you want a divorce, huh? Yeah, go fuck yourself. Jesus Christ. Oh. <laughs> Couldn't bake the chicken right and divorced. <laughs> uh, uh, Serena, please, 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 please. Do you ever get, like, a little salty when he tries to be rational with you? And you're just like, <laughs> you son of a bitch. Absolutely. She's like, she's like yes. yeah, fuck that guy. This has been years of me recognizing of like, okay, I do need some of this logic and, and a kind of the understanding of how we both work. But there are absolutely times where I'm like, I don't want the logic right now. I want you to be on my level and we're venting right now. We're venting. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, there's a time and place. You kind of got to feel it out. Sometimes there's not room for logic. Sometimes there is, you can sneak a little bit in. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, I am the same way at times. Uh, my dad had to regulate me the other day when he, we were cooking. Uh, and he takes me through this whole step-by-step -step process that he said to me about five million times throughout my life. And I'm like, fuck you. You don't know anything. And then yeah. I'm like, all right, maybe you know something. Now I'm like, all right, cool, I'll believe it. And then, I mean, then I interpreted it. I went with it. And I'm like, I was good after that. For like two hours, and then I went back to the shithole I was at like <laughs> earlier in the day. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that being able to regulate people is uh, is tough. It's a tough task. It can happen. Otto was pretty good at it. You seen that she had that panic attack, which is actually pretty quick, pretty intense, but it made sense. Uh, heavy breathing, teary eyed, frantic. You know, doesn't know what to do. Shut off. She shut off. Um, which I feel like is pretty common. Uh. Spence, I wonder what you were thinking when you saw that scene, right? Because that was your first time seeing it. Yeah. Um, I just think back, like, when my mom first, teach, like, teach me how to drive. Um, complete opposite of that. My mom is not the best driving teacher ever. She freaked the fuck out. Like it was like you got you're not in the like middle of the road you gotta go get get just freaking the fuck out and then that makes me freak out um, and then once 
and I drove for the first time with my dad so much better so much better. <laughs> like he was very calm I was like hey you're, you're going a little bit fast kind of slow down a little bit oh just you know get in the lane a little bit more and all that shit and I was like wow this is so much different than how my mom taught me <laughs> just yeah. freaking out like my mom's a really she's a really good driver really good driver but her teaching skills need some improvement <laughs> a little bit yep. just a little bit um and so that's what i was kind of thinking of kind of think of like my dad and how he was you know making sure to be a lot more calm um with me and yeah my mom always says like i'm the worst passenger driver ever and i have to agree <laughs> Oh, you must hold your tongue with me then, because you don't say shit when I'm driving. I there, there's a lot of fear that goes on when <laughs> when you're driving. Because um, if I say something wrong, I feel like you could easily just go like that, and then it's over. Yeah. Because um, I'm, I'm like, well, we both gonna die now. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you know, once somebody's going like a hundred miles an hour, it's kind of like you know what? I'm gonna zip the lip and just be like, maybe slow down a little bit. Maybe he just like holds on to stuff and he's like tightens his seatbelt. I'm like, you're in yeah, there. You no, know, it's not gonna help anything. <laughs> no, I'm just gonna die. I'll make it quick. But when, I, but that's the thing though. It's like when I drove, when I drove your car, um, it was fine, right? Like you weren't like, what nothing. the fuck, dude? You know? Yep. Yeah, and it's. For my mom, it's good, it's bad, because it's like, you know, it gets me, so I'm at the peak of my anxiety when I'm with her, and, like, I can't go, I can't go any further up, so with her, and then, so, I kind of, like, just make sure that whenever I'm driving, I don't hit that point, and I haven't, you know, ever since, and I've driven with her mm -hmm. um, after the first time I've drove, and it's been fine. She still has her comments, like, it's a little faster, going a little... Going a little fast, going like five miles over. Oh like, Jesus! Okay. Going five man. miles over, mom. It's fine. It's okay. Yeah, it's Nas's fault. Yeah. <laughs> you made me a speed demon. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think what you're technically pointing at is, you know, different types of therapists are good at regulating people. So Serena, you know that some can do it pretty quick. Right, I can distract you. I mean, even if I cause like the panic to set in because we're doing like deeper therapy, trauma therapy, and I see you're starting to deregulate, I'll let it go for a while because I want to get into the 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 stuff. And then I'm like, nope, it's time to eject because now we're like, you know, now it's like legit PTSD. Now we're starting to like break down and lose, and now we're getting into the hyperventilating. I'm like, okay, and I'll usually always slip, slip, yeah. I'm a sliffy man. I'm a sliffy motherfucker. I'll tell you that. Sliffer, sliffer. I want to come and sliff. Uh, I'll switch into always works every fucking time. What are you doing today? What are you, what are you talking about? What are you doing immediately after this? I want to go step by step through the rest of the fucking day. Okay. Well, after this, I'm probably going to go get lunch. Uh, you going with anyone? Uh, Jennifer. Okay. What do you think that you'll get? Well, we might go to this place. And then what do you got to do after that? And then they talk about homework. Then they talk about the shower. Uh, brush their teeth, whatever. We go all the way through the entire thing. They're usually regulated by the end of that. Works almost every time. And then I can ask a couple questions. If they bring up food, you know, my big ass, Spence, you know, I'm like, 
What type of sauce you got on that shit? I need more details. <laughs> yeah. You go, that shit savory? Is it sweet? Yeah. What is it? Yeah. <laughs> that shit slow down. Just slow down your breath a little bit. Does it does <laughs> it burn a little bit when you when you when you when you when you touch it? Is it spicy? You like spice? I tell you, and then I gotta go through the cultures, the ethnicities of spice. Is it Mexican yeah. spicy or Indian spicy? Those are very different spices. Different spices. <laughs> I mean, you know. Uh, and then the student be like, is your fat ass just hungry? I'm like, damn, what was we talking about again? <laughs> oh, that's right. Horny or hungry? I don't your dad know. hated you and you never felt love. Got it. Are you horny Maybe or hungry? Both. Who knows? <laughs> we should call that a food place. Horny and hungry? That will not end up good. <laughs> no. That sounds terrible. Yeah, where you could eat it or nope, not finishing that sentence. Try it. <laughs> no, you can you can love it. We got donuts, we got <laughs> we got all the pies. We got all the pies you want. Oh my god. So well, I swear I was saying for you. What? <laughs> Different therapists can regulate you, man. So one of my go-tos <laughs> is Yes, being patient, like Serena said. So having a good poker face, not getting too animated and, and freak out. I'm pretty good with uh, other humans when it comes to like Salim or Pops. I tend to get a little bit more like frustrated. Uh, yeah. The patience with clients, you know, they, they don't have the tools. I think it's when I get frustrated when I know they have the tools and they're still not doing shit right. I'm like, I already told you 10 times. Uh, like, come on now. Um, with students, there's more grace. Yeah. Uh, so I feel like that's what it is. Not every therapist can do it. Um, my students usually leave pretty regulated after freaking out because like I told Serena before this and Spence, I like to give them a plan. So if you're, if you're in a crisis and deregulating, I need to ask you what the fuck, how your relationship with your father is. That's fucking stupid. Right. Let's talk about the immediate acute issue. Let's strategically think about it, put steps in, in action and plan these out and execute it. We're going to write the shit down for the next day. We're going to write out kind of a planner for the next three days. Then coping skills, safety plan if there's suicidality. And then you're going to hit the ground running. Or you're going to fail a class. All right, what's the homework that we need to do? Who are the teachers that we need to email? Do we need to talk to the dean of students? Do we need to talk to disability resources? Because you're freaking out. I'll write the shit. Here's the steps. We're going to pass classes. We're good. Uh, Boy came in the other day, international student. He's like, I'm going to lose some scholarship from my country that pays for me to be here. And thus I'll have to go back home and that's not fucking good. So then comes in a lot of freak out, a lot of suicidality, a lot of, a lot of issues. I'm like, all right, brother, I got you back. I can write like two or three of these letters should work out. Should be good. Now, if you fail, I'm going to send these letters in. We're going to do an appeal. 50, 50 It's better than zero. Fucking kid passes, passes the class. I didn't have to do any of it. But the thing is like, we had a plan. Yeah. So because there was a plan, he was able to retain and get some shit done in class. Also, he said the class average on the test was a 45%. Uh, it's like, what the fuck? Jesus. Uh, so there was a massive curve unless he passed. What, thus, he was able to stay in the country uh, and continue his education. Uh, Arab student, too. And I bring that up because we sure as hell don't believe in therapy, especially if you come from a different country. So... Um, Regulating people is a job. Now, here's a fun thing. Uh, Serena, I feel like as a homie, I know you're affirming. As a partner, who knows? I feel like that, you know, I feel like it's a good affirming. I also feel like there's a lot of sass. Uh, 
so my Spencer knows with me, there's like almost zero affirming. And then like, I'll hit you with it. Like momentarily. I'm like, Randomly. even with Colin, even with Colin is not that much good stuff that goes on. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Most of the time I'm you're like, not you're not a good sh-. father. I'm like what? Yeah. Literally he'll, we'll just be on the Instagram. I'll be like, you're hurting her. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, um, she's going to hate you when you grow up. And he's like, Fuck off, man. Um, <laughs> Which is the right response for you, pretty much. Pretty much. All the time. It's just like, fuck off. Just yeah, get the fuck After I finished my dissertation, Serena pops yeah. on an hour late, so she missed it all, but still you popped on. <laughs> she did. I, I just forgot to an mention hour. that. So she showed up to it. She's an hour late. I'm like, who the fuck is this? My dad, like, is it Serena? <laughs> Is because I do not know time zones. No, Ashley was smashing um, her cheeseburger, and my dad was like, "Yeah, you hungry, ain't you, girl?" <laughs> and then, uh, but the funny thing, as soon as we it was done, the speech, my dad's like, "That was it, you piece of shit." I was like, "Oh, thanks, Dad." <laughs> Jesus Christ, he did not fucking say that. No, he did. Did he? Yes, he said it. I don't remember that. No, as soon as it got done, he said, man, that was it? That was a piece of shit? That was terrible. <laughs> he did say it. And he's he's confirmed it, so I can say this on the pod. All right, fair enough. Fair uh, and then, obviously, we had a good to- conversation after that. I bring this up because I'm like Otto at times. I'll give you, I'll build you up, I'll build you up, I'll build you up. And then sometimes I'm also be like, man, you ain't as fucking stupid as you think you are. It doesn't sound that affirming, but I'm like, I don't know. You 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 think you can't do nothing? So you just happen to get to school, and you happen to have abusive parents, and you happen to have no money and grow up in poverty, and you, and you happen to be taking care of your younger siblings, but you're fucking stupid. Okay. Well, I'm stupid at this school. You're one of the best institutions in America. Stupid at this school is a fucking genius at any other school. Yeah. You got to have the context of what are we talking about here. Young woman the other day, she just looked at me and then just cried and cried and cried. Uh, badass, badass PhD student. Like you are fine, and you know what they said to me, Serena was horrible. They said, uh, you know, I came back on your schedule, and I said, were you worried coming back to me? And they said, yeah, because I figured you thought we failed, that I failed you, and that I'm I'm not good, and I'm too far gone, and I'm I'm hopeless. And I said, let me tell you something. I seen your name on the schedule last week and I smiled. I enjoy you as a person. She's like, what are you talking about? You're quite fun to talk to. I said, don't get it twisted. You give me a fucking headache. You give me a headache. Well, that's awesome to hear from my therapist. I said, but your conversations are some of the smartest I've had in this office in two or three years. Verbal jousting with you, even though you think that everything is right, wrong, and you know everything, it's quite wonderful. And you're so kind and empathetic. And anxious as shit and neurodivergent as hell. I'm not neurodivergent. Okay. <laughs> but you just told me how you categorized a bunch of pigeons the other day. Oh. Okay. Mike Tyson. What? Yeah. Pigeons. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a couple different kinds of pigeons I don't found out. Smith. I thought it was just a pigeon and a dove. I thought no, there's only a, two of them. You got and you a know, seagull. You got the Obama pigeon, and then you got you got you got, you got a white pigeon. Obama. Pigeon. You got the shrimp pigeon. Was that like? Well, I'm not even gonna say it. Nope. Nope. <laughs> okay. Um, 
And so I was affirming her and then also letting her know just how awesome she is. And I just enjoy talking to her, even though our conversations are daunting because she is very intelligent. And I can't just say something and her believe it. There will be follow-up questions and verification. So I affirmed the hell out of her and I said, you good? She said, yeah, I'll cry again tonight, but it'll be for different reasons. Thank you. And I was like, oh, my God. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. I had to regulate myself to make sure I didn't cry during the last half of the session. Uh, but she's good. So you can be funny and you can be kind of agitatory and, and say some things as a counselor, you know, as long as you're not too mean. So Serena, you, I'm, I'm sure there's some clients you vibe with. There's some that you tease, some that you joke with. I'm sure there's some that you validate. You ever done what he did? Like lay it out there and not really say awesome things, but also say awesome things. Oh, for sure. I do that kind of blunt honestly. Honesty, I think, tends to work better with my angry clients of just being very matter of fact or frank or of just like, come on. Or like somebody I've worked with a long time where you have a good relationship and you know you can say something that maybe a newer client would be like, excuse me. But with somebody you've worked with, they know you and they know the intention behind what you're saying. And and it's almost like that friendship of like it being somebody of like, I know they care and they're saying this or they're calling me out, even though I don't want to hear that, but that's probably what I need right now. Yep. So for sure, it's it's that delicate dance, but there's absolutely people where I'm, I'm more blunt or more matter of fact. Yep. Very delicate dance. Uh, for those of you that are in therapy and treatment, um, you're more than welcome to guide your therapist as well, because sometimes we don't know what you want or what you're looking for. Are you looking for more strategic plans, skills? Are you looking for more affirming and validating, just venting? Uh, like, what is it that you want from us? You guide us. So that way I can make a good treatment plan for you. Because um, I have clients who will be like, yeah, man, I just go to people and all they do is validate me and like affirm me. Like, I need fucking answers. And they're like, yeah. Yeah. And like, you come to me and I'll be like, I'll give you answers. Also, when they ask me direct questions, they're like, what should I do? Like, there's many things that we can, because right, I can't give them a fucking answer. And right. then I can say what I would do, but I'm like, I'm also like a 6'2", 340-pound Mexican Arab, uh, so, right, uh, who, like, used to murder people, so, uh, joke, uh, stab, stab. So I'm like, I think your choice is going to be a little different. You know, you're like, you know, 19, 5'3", white girls, you know, different choices. Uh, and they're like, they wouldn't be that different. I said, no, I probably throw that person out the window. I mean, you can do whatever you want to do. Uh, and then I'd be like, please don't do that. Sure. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Wink, wink. <laughs> yeah. I won't Make sure there's do no that. <laughs> Make sure the glove don't fit. Okay, OJ. Uh, okay. That is such a good point, though, of like, you That's have autonomy. No, 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 not the stabbing. Oops, I was on a different... Autonomy people have. You heard it here I, first, folks. <laughs> the, the glove don't fit. You, you must have <laughs> quit. Here it goes, Serena. I knew it. Oh, man. She knew. She Damn. knew. She was watching the OJ trial. She was like, she like oh he got it down. Told you. No, no, <laughs> Told you. That's the juice. Yeah. The oh, you learned from Bobby, the teacher. You know Bobby, too? Oh, that's the Bobby technique. Bobby? Yeah. <laughs> what a oh move. <laughs> no, Continue. the reminder of 
therapists are people too and you have autonomy in session i always try to remind clients of that no don't go stabbing people to to acknowledge hey this is what i'm looking for like sometimes i'll have clients that come in they're like I'm going to be fine. I need to vent about this. And I just need you to be on the same page with me, or I need perspective. I need to be challenged. I need this. It's totally, we do not know all. Sometimes we get it wrong. So the ability for you to even recognize, Hey, I think I'm needing this right now. Say it, say it, say it, do it. And then I, you know, if you're a good therapist, you're checking in and you're asking, uh, I just got an email last night from one of my boys who graduated. Say, hey, man, I don't know where you are, where you at. I just want to let you know how much I appreciated you and thank you for everything that you did for me. I didn't get to see you the last four months of school, but things were good. I seen him in the way pit uh, once or twice, and he came up to me and talked to me with some of his boys. Uh, and I saved those. This is a human that was many humans. They'll go to other therapists, and they're deregulated the entire time, the entire time. They'll come to me, and they're just vibing. And like, this don't make no fucking sense. I don't know what to tell you, man. Is it the toys that you're playing with? Or is it just the way I ask questions or personality? I remember this one specific human. He was so deregulated the first two times, he couldn't wait to get the fuck out of the office. I pulled the eject cord on him one time. Hey, man, we ain't going to talk about shit, man. You're getting weird, and you're shaking, and you're freaking me out now. We're just going to talk and chill. So we just talked and chilled. A couple more sessions go by. And then the next semester, we see a couple times. Next semester, see a couple times. Talk through some relationship, internship stuff. And just things just change. You give people a better perspective. Especially when they're neurodivergent and they're asking you all these different questions about humans. And so you need to be more specific and matter of fact that affirming shit's not going to work for us. It's good. But also, like, we're asking you a direct question. Why do humans do this? Don't fuck his ass. Why do you think humans do this? If we knew, we would have told you, asshole. We wouldn't be asking the question. Um, okay. Fun scene. Oh, uh, FYI, just in case my one human listens. Hi, everyone in the podcast. This is 105 in. So one hour and five minutes in. I told the client, and I time-stamped it as 105 minutes in, which it is not. And so I got my ass chewed out for that. For that human, go fuck yourself. There it is. Waiting for it. Waiting for the go fuck yourself. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> specific ass motherfucker. Wasn't going to be, wasn't going to be nice. Whatever you're going to say. Yeah, like, no. Thanks a lot. Oh, like, no. She know who she is. Yeah, she know. <laughs> We working on this in therapy. You stop me a soul. This is why people don't love you. <laughs> That's why you'll be alone forever. <laughs> Whenever she does give me shitty ass things like this, she just laughs and I'm like, you know I hate you, right? She's like, Yep. Okay. Let's continue on. <laughs> we'll validate okay. you at the end. All right. Next. Uh, next scene. Yes. So the next scene. Otto goes up to Marisol. Um, Marisol. Or Marisol. My white white guy impression. Marisol. Yes. Marisol. Yes. I still sound Marisol. Spanish. C. C. Um, Jesus. <laughs> and cancels. <laughs> and oh well. Um, so he goes up to her house to use her phone. Because his phone is disconnected 
Uh, and Peep. she's very mad at him. All right, motherfucker. I'm trying to get through it, and you're like, me? <laughs> Jackass. Uh, um, and then she's mad at him, and um, he tells her all about, you know, his past and um, why he's kind of uh, just angry at pretty much everyone. Um, and then um, he gets into the fact that his wife died of cancer, and... He's been trying to kill himself ever since. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's the darkness. I have nothing to go after that. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, um, he's also trying to uh, help one of his friends out to make sure that he doesn't lose his house. Um, and then um, he's just trying to do a lot more good than you know thinking about all the bad things inside of his mind so he's kind of preoccupying himself yeah. um yeah so let's get into a discussion about this um serena what are your thoughts um oh gosh i mean you got this one you're a strong you woman in the movie the strong black woman <laughs> as as um, maybe heavy as the conversation of suicide is, it's yeah. also there's components of of comedy within all of his attempts. And it's such a beautiful story of him kind of having to figure out how to live for himself when previously he had lived for his partner. And then in losing his Good partner, point. completely, I guess, even kind of going off this, but dysregulating and being like, well, I don't know how to live now. So his decision originally was, I'm not going to live. And then this tale of meeting different people and finding a new purpose in life, which I think that is a really, really important part. So even in grief of then finding that purpose of what's keeping me going or what to anchor myself to. Um, but I mean, for him, there was so much anger. And so kind of seeing him learn to cope with all the anger and and even the the parts of anger that are kind of comical where you just almost had to like giggle at him you're like oh my gosh you're such a grumpy old man mm-hmm. um but yeah i i just really enjoyed the movie for all of that so i mean that's my initial thoughts just kind of on the scene one big thought i guess i have is <laughs> I just, my brain keeps this is a beautiful look at how surprise my brain goes, motherfucker like, thought new thought <laughs> This reminds me a lot of the heaviness that our clients bring into session. And they're like, here you go. Because here she was. She's like, what's going on with you? I was scared for you. Tell me, talk to me. And then, boom, he just drops it all on her, the heaviness. And her sitting in that with him, it reminded me a lot of uh, just the variety of experiences Mm -hmm. through the years where Oh, that first time a client drops something super heavy on you and you're like, oh my gosh, to now getting to a point where it's like, yep, like this happens and, and building comfort with that heaviness. Mm-hmm. But that was that was another thing I had of just that that being a experience I've had. And for some reason, our clients love to do it also at the end, near the yeah. end of session. They're like, by the way, this, okay, bye. You're like, whoa, 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 let me. <laughs> yeah. Wear your glove. <laughs> <laughs> it's a vibe, Serena, man. Uh, 
I think the worst for me is I'm okay with them dropping the bomb in the first session because, you know, that's the heaviness. I'm prepared for that. Now, when it's an ongoing client and then there's just some randomness that drops, uh, specifically with my women that email me on Saturday, Sunday, Monday to talk about an event that happened, you know, I know, I know what that's alluding to. Uh, it's usually some type of abuse or assault. Um, and so those are terrifying emails. Um, I have people that will come into the office and they're like, hey, we need to talk about something. I'm like, okay. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, didn't know this was coming. Or it'll be like something yeah. that triggered something in the past. And it's intense. Um, if I am not mentally prepared to take on an emotional trauma, or if you're walking me through your story and I'm in my neurodivergent metaverse in my mind visualizing and feeling all of it and I'm inside my body scanning while I'm walking through your your visual that you're providing me, if I'm not prepared, then I walk right into it. It hurts. It's like it just happened in the room because right, I'm, I'm physically reliving it. So those are tough. Uh, it's happened to me a few times where I'm like, fuck. Well, this sucks. Um, yeah. Sometimes it'll happen where clients will drop something very minuscule and it'll hurt. Or I'll say something and I'll be off looking out in the distance like I am now, scanning my body and then saying things and giving them three or four different things to pick from to see what they are feeling. And one of them, a couple of them the last few days, few weeks, have said that one. Ugh, that one? This is how you feel about yourself? And they're just crying. It's tough because I don't like seeing the, yeah. the pain and the hurt. So then, you know, I let them talk and we talk and we talk and then we come back to it. And I said, this is what you agreed with. God, how the fuck is that belief even stuck in there? I don't even, this is the belief. This can't be the belief. And then you start to work your way back up and you help them regulate it. And then, it, like you said, Serena, it's, it's just by the time I even get the dive in, it's towards the end of the session. And then we have to do journaling and work on it next time. Uh, yeah. Bombs like he dropped. I'm gonna have to cancel my next meeting. Uh, right, I'm gonna be late. I'm gonna be 30 minutes late to my next person. They're gonna be all right because we're gonna need to talk about this or sit in it. Because you can't tell me that you just getting ready to like kill yourself and your partner's gone and that was the only reason why you lived. Uh, it'd be a tough session. We're we're gonna sit for a minute. Uh, most people wouldn't handle it as stoic as he would. Right, uh, me and Spence were talking. Definitely feels very neurodivergent to us. Him and his friend Ruben, or ex-friend, but now current friend Ruben, who's disabled. Um, yeah, you know, it's just tough some of those sessions. So sometimes it's about regulating yourself quick as shit, as Serena knows. That way you can continue to work on their stuff. Uh, sometimes you can sit in it and be like, "This is how it made me feel, kid," and I'm just sad as fuck for you. So we're going to kind of sit in that for a minute. And they're like, wow, this is something I'm okay to be sad about. I'm like, yeah, this is fucked up. Yeah. No one should have to go through this. This is this is sad. Oh, I thought I was being a punk or a baby or, excuse my language, a bitch. Uh, the, you know, the P word. I'm like, no, nah, man, this is this is legit. This is some shit to cry about. Uh, I don't give a fuck what you're crying about. It's all valid to cry about because if that's your thing, that's your thing. I got students that cry about all types of shit. I look them in the eye, they just start crying. Uh, what's wrong with you? Why are you so nice to me? I, saw, I ain't nice. I saw the eye of Sauron in him. <laughs> yeah. 
Look, so much darkness. To cement. <laughs> darkness. Now, as I looked in your soul, and all I saw was gravy. Like, you fat motherfucker. Cement. How do you swap out cement and gravy? I don't know. How do you, motherfucker, you just full of gravy, ain't you? Did gravy and chocolate milk? Chala, chala. <laughs> okay, I'm done. Uh, Serena. Yes. Give me an angry client or a grieving client. And how did you get them to come back to reality? To come back to want to want to live. I'm gonna give you an example. Sometimes I don't even know what I'm saying when I'm saying it. I'm just trying to get somewhere and hopefully I say enough shit mm-hmm. to get to where I'm supposed to go. So I'm gonna yeah. explain that fucking word salad in a second. But Serena, any example and then I'll give an example and then we'll ask Spencer a question. <laughs> I have a couple, but honestly, I'll, uh, I have one that's more recent, a male client that was kind of a combination of grief and anger, but it wasn't maybe your typical grief in the sense of a, it was a, like a death or a significant loss, but more of a, a grief of life not looking the way that they thought it would Fact. or not having a parental, it, it was focused on a parental relationship and it not looking your stereotypical way. Yep. And so they had come in with just a lot of anger over their parents' choices and the the consequences and impact that it had happened on their life. And it was continuing to have. So they were kind of having to cope and deal with this anger of why do they keep making these bad choices and, and the reputation and the consequence it's giving me they kept the parent kept making bad choices and the client felt like they had to take care of or uh keep that parent safe or kind of be available to that parent because they were making these bad choices and honestly what i've used with them and and what i've used with a lot of my angry clients especially depending when it's parental relationships because i have some of that background in my personal life um, is I, I do a little bit of, um, just being open about my own experiences. And so Fact. for him, so I, I do this pretty delicately because right as counselors, we don't want to then make the session about ourselves. We still want to focus on them and their experience. But for him, there was a lot of guilt and shame with his experiences and, and other people not having, um, other support people that have dealt with something similar. And so I just shared with him, I've I've been in a situation similar to this. Here's the feeling I had when I was in it. Does that hit home for you? Or do you relate to that at all? And he did, and he clicked. And so I think that was the first step because he brought in a lot of anger and the anger was very much of like, I want to push everyone out. Nobody's going to understand this. I don't want them to understand it because I feel a lot of shame. And so that was a moment for us to kind of connect. And there's a little crack in that door that I could kind of sneak in. And then he felt a little bit more comfortable to kind of explore other emotions outside of the anger. Yep. And then I could use my own experience to be like, you know, I'm hearing you talk about you're really angry about this. But you know, when I was in an experience like that, this is what I was feeling. Do, do you feel some of that too? Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of, I could use my own experiences to kind of pull some Got other. It. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 
So that's Trent. the one off the top of my head. So I just did a lot of relating to him and kind of some modeling. And then we worked on of like, okay, how do we start to set boundaries? Where is the anger coming from? And for, for this individual, it was a lot of anger around him having to self-sacrifice. So yep. then having to explore of, do we actually have to self-sacrifice or what's realistic amount of for you to pull back on? So he wasn't willing to fully give up everything, which is totally okay and understandable. But we at least explored of like, what can I pull back on? How do I keep myself, you know, protected to some extent, but also be a little available to this parent? So it was just understanding of like, at what point, how much change are you willing to make here? Facts, facts, facts. I deal with clients that all the time when the, the relationship with the parent is not what it should have been or could have been, or the parent doesn't love them in the way that they should, or the parent is super dependent or, you know, borderline-y, uh, manipulative, emotionally, just nasty, not affirming. And I'm working with some clients now that are going through that. And, you know, we, we tie up some strings and then it's another thing. Then we tie up some strings and then it's another thing. And the client looks at me and they said, I'm just so broken. I don't have anything good. It's been a waste of a year. I think I was telling yeah. Spencer pops this and I'm like, oh, it's a waste of years. So all the shit that we worked through, it's a waste. I didn't do nothing. Okay. He was getting ready to quit school a couple months ago and he was suicidal. But you know, we didn't we didn't get through nothing the last year. Okay. Well, I'm not where I should be. Motherfucker, you was about to die a couple months ago. And then yeah. we handled all the stuff with your mom. And we got you to set boundaries and, and and be treated the right way you wanted to, and then not fork over money. And right. And you got to go experience love from other family members instead of going back there. But we didn't do nothing in the last year. Okay. So now that you're having some breakup issues, your whole year is worthless. But you're about to finish a PhD. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so they just look at me and they, they always say, Nas, am I crazy? Am I broken? I said, we're all broken. I'm broken. And so I went into some stories like you did of modeling. And I talked about some relationship stuff and some love stuff and how I am and how, how I choose people. And I'm disconnected from mo pretty much most humans, very disconnected. But certain humans, there's love and friendship. But the, the, the other stuff, it's not there yet. I'm not ready yet unless I shut it off. There's a little tabby I shut off a long time ago. And could it be because, could it be because of mom? Yeah. I don't, I, I can't go to certain places because of some things. Um, yeah. when it comes to partnership, but I was dealing with a, with a human and they're depressed, been depressed for, they were depressed for probably about a year. And they went, they went home in a different country and, and their brother had passed away years ago, years ago. And they went to the grave site, you know, and they, they were already sad because they were talking to their brother and they said, yeah, man, I'm fucking up. I'm failing all my classes. I'm a fuck up. You, you'd be disappointed in me. And so then, they, you know, they failed a bunch of classes and then they failed some more classes and then eventually ended up at my doorstep. And so right the first session, I'm like, aha, I fought, saw some things, didn't say much because I have to, this angry individual that's having relationship issues, class issues, uh, you know, different culture, different ethnicity. Let me go slow. Because they said, I would never be in therapy. Me? Why the fuck would I be in therapy? I said, you're doing it now, you dumbass. We're just talking. It's two men talking. We, we don't understand this this scary thing. He's like, I told people to go to therapy, but I'm never going to go to it. 
I said, oh, that's funny. Well, you walked into my office the other day, and then now we're having a therapy meeting, and then we scheduled another one. So, ain't that some shit? And then gotcha. you felt you felt better afterwards, didn't you? I felt real fucking good. Now I'm in school. Okay. So I'm getting to the point where. So they saw the grave in summer. And I knew that they were causing themselves to suffer. After having all my sh- weird ass conversations like I do, I got them to trap themselves in some words. They At one point in time, they said choices. They said something about making choices. I said, mm, I'm going to use that later against you. And then uh, later on, they were talking about anger and then uh, being more kind and more empathetic. And they didn't have any. I said, okay. We talked about grades and how they're going to pass these classes and graduate. I said, okay. And then we moved on. And we talked about their social anxiety. And we talked about them with their partner where they're not anxious, but they should be anxious with their partner. But with their partner, they're very blunt, more energetic, more, more, there's the nastiness. They're anxious and terrified of like everyone else. It doesn't make any sense to me. They should be terrified with their partner because they don't want to hurt them. And then everyone else go fuck themselves. Um, That's not how it works because they're so insecure that they're doing horribly. They think everyone's judging them, which is pretty normal for most of us insecure, more anxious people. Um, So I led into the conversation about your brother. And how my boy was like energetic and bubbly and talking shit and personable. And then he went to the gravesite, realized he was doing bad, and then was just shame. I said, would your brother be happy right now about what you're doing? And he said, I don't know. Pass this one class, maybe. Okay. Would he be happy with the choices that you made? He's like, what are you talking about? The choices of you uh, sh- kicking your own ass. Would he want you to do that? Well, probably I deserve it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you deserve... To feel like shit even more, which makes you pretty much depressed and want to die. And then you do even worse in school. So your brother would want you to do even worse in school. Correct? No. He would want me to do better in school. Okay. But if kicking your ass is leading you to do worse, then he probably wouldn't want you to do that. Okay. I see where you're going. So why are you making the choice? It's not a choice, Nas. I said, no, you are making a choice to suffer. I understand you were in pain and sad and depressed. I get that. Earlier, you talked about your uncle or your auntie that's dying, and you're sad. I get it. And I said, uh, well, he says, not my auntie. It's like my great auntie. I said, okay. So my dad's best friend was technically his uncle, and so it's my great uncle, and he passed. And said, that was fucked up. Fucked up the family during COVID. It was, it was bad. I said, so I understand that. It's tough, especially in these Arab cultures. It's tough. Uh so then we had the conversation a little bit further. I see, you see that fucking cat that's sitting up there by the book? That book that's supposed to tell you the crazy and shit, the DSM? He said, yeah, 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 I see that book. I see that cat. I remember I was in Texas, and it was before the funeral of my brother. He goes, wow. And I said, the fucking cat was just sitting in the store. Nothing on any of the fucking shelves. And there's a cat sitting on the fucking a Sphinx, sitting on the shelf. And he's just looking at me. My bad dad don't even like it in the house because it's fucking creepy looking, this Egyptian cat. So I keep it in the office and it watches the students, make sure they don't fuck up like he did. Not because he passed, just in general, a lot of fuck ups. Uh, So I related to the boy like you did. Let him see that I was angry or sad or depressed at times. So these are normal emotions for men to have, anyone to have. But I went back to the suffering. You're choosing to fucking suffer every day. And you're angry and volatile, and then you're anxious that people are judging you. Then you get shitty with them, even though there's no reason. 
I want you to write to your brother now. Talk to him. And then when you graduate in December, you'll write to him again. And if you fuck up and fail, well, you're going to write to him. You're just going to see like, hey, what happened was. And we'll figure it out. So that was his homework. He had to go home, talk to his bro. Talk about how he's done some good things and how, right, I'm going to try and do things a little bit better and I'm working on it. And I'm sorry for beating my own ass for the last six to eight months. So maybe now you won't be as angry. I said, last thing. You said that you're angry with your partner and you're getting a lot of fights. I said, you realize the only fucking time that you smile with me is when you talk about her. The only time you show any personality is when you talk about her. I said, I want you to go home and I, I and you tease her because you said you'd like to be shitty with her. So teaser said, we talked about you in therapy today, you crazy motherfucker. <laughs> you crazy ass woman. Uh, and then she'll play along. And he said, yeah, she will. And then you say how Nazir, my therapist, Arab as well, said the only time I'm actually human in therapy is when I talk about you. The only time I show any love or anything is when I talk about you. I said, she will eat that up. And then you will eat that up because it's true. He said, I would have never have seen that. It's all over you. When you talk about her. Even when you're talking about the arguments. So you go home with these things. You come back to me. I'll see you in a couple of weeks. We'll go from there. Anger went from a fucking nine at the world. For taking people away from him. For him shitting on himself. For the letting down his parents. Right. All the stuff. It went from a nine to a ten. Down to like a seven. I wrote some letters. We got some shit done. There's ways to attack this and to model, like Serena said. I also happen to be Arab, so that helped that individual as well. There's ways to go about it. Is it worth well, kicking your own? that's such a beautiful... Oh, sorry. It's just a good example of the perspective we can bring in. You know what I mean? We get... Sometimes we put those blinders on of the emotion. I'm just angry. And so I always tell people, like, you put the lens on of that feeling. So I'm looking at things that are making me feel angry. And I think sometimes that's the power of being a counselor is we have the ability, we can see the things that are happening beyond just that feeling and can kind of bring that into their awareness of like, oh, yeah, I was just looking at this one part, but there's actually another part here that I was ignoring. And using their words. I I said, this is a word that you said earlier. Oh, yeah, I did say that. It gives it more power if you use their words. Yeah. So that's why I like to push. I like to rate, relate things. Um, you know, and it's not always your typical anger where it's explosive like Tom Hanks, but like there's something in there that's stopping you from living. So obviously, folks, he tries to kill himself in the show multiple times. Uh, and one part of it, the wife is like, let it go. Let it go, man. There's too much anger. Let it go. Uh and some of us need to just live for now. You don't know what the future is going to bring. You really don't. Uh, you really don't. Right now it could be miserable, but you might live a lifetime of joy after a few months, few years. Who knows? I don't know. Is it worth it? I don't fucking know. It's up to you to find out. I told a client that the other day about relationships. Was it worth it me letting go of one or two people that I love that I could have married? I don't fucking know. Maybe I'll find out in four years from now. I said, when I see them married with kids and shit, it hurt. It sucks. But yeah, they're happy. So, you know, it is what it is. And I'm happy now, too. So it is what it is. Uh, so there's uh, one other thing I wanted to tackle in the scene. Uh, but I'm going to toss it over to Spence. Um, play hot potato. Hot potato. Yeah. Hot potato. <laughs> can you eat the potato? I don't, I'm definitely hungry. 
Get some gravy. <laughs> oh, damn, we back to gravy again. Who got the chocolate milk, by the way? Yeah. He just pops his titties out and just <laughs> gravy. Uh, spent when you seen this scene, right? First time seeing the scene, uh, what was some stuff that you saw that came up, or that you're like, damn, or oh, or anything that you related to at all? Um, I guess like some of the anger part, I totally get. You know, there are parts of you know parts of my life where it's like maybe you know I just get angry and I should let it go, and then I have people tell me I should let it go. <laughs> Um, but at the same time, I don't really listen. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess I related to that a lot. Um, I, the thing is, like, I haven't, like, I've lost, you know, aunts, um, my aunt to cancer. And um, the thing is, it's like just losing somebody that close to you. It's such a tough thing to really, em- like, emphasize. No, emphasize. I can't even say the word. Empathize? Uh, empathize. There yeah. it is. I was going to say emphasize. No, that's not it. Um, but yeah, so um, it's kind of hard to um, kind of relate to that feeling, especially once, like, I've never really um, kind of felt that, especially having that, like, really, really close yeah, your wife. loved one, someone that's, you know, just gotten you and that's kind of been a protector in a way. Um haven't really felt that yet in my life. And so it's kind of hard to um, feel the same way, Um, you know, or even close to what he felt in the scene. Um, Definitely felt the anger, just haven't felt the, um, the grief, that other side of it, right. That like utter depression or anything like that. It's like, you know, Although I have like had, you know, times in my life where it's like, it's been pretty bad. It's just, I've never really had that feeling of kind of just like, eh, well, I'm just gonna, you know, end everything now and things like that, um, which I've been lucky with. Um, And so, like I said, it's more of like the anger, if anything. Um, And, you know, just trying to um, get people to understand that a lot of the times it's it's hard to speak up about certain things like that um and that's where he was really having the trouble especially you know i haven't seen the whole movie but obviously you know um he was having trouble um actually expressing his feelings um or what was yeah. going on in general and so um you know i've been there i've been to that point where it's kind of just like I, I just don't speak up about anything. Just kind of let it go and, you know, might manifest into anger. Other things. Yeah. Boy, Spence, you're going to be surprised because there's some shit that he does. Mm-hmm. And then it doesn't happen. And then he does something else. Like immediately he starts acting normal after he just tried to take his own life. He just goes back to mm-hmm. acting normal. And you're just like, right. what the fuck? <laughs> Do we need to pause well, the movie? Like, I don't... Uh, did you hit your head? I don't understand. <laughs> like, well, back to business. Uh, yeah, oh, back to being grumpy as shit. He's <laughs> uh, so awkward and different and so neurodivergent in this fucking movie. Uh, um, The scene I... Uh, Serena, I'm gonna let you go after this. The scene I was thinking that sticks out the most to me is the disability stuff. So the wheelchair stuff, like, that's like a world that no one really knows. 
And then, you know, you get either you yourself are disabled or uh, have some issues walking mobility. Or for me, it's my father. And then you start to notice things. Right? You start to notice like cracks in the cement or, or like even Spence. Now that you've got the issue with the Achilles, you start to notice how hard it is to walk and to travel. And mm-hmm. you got to go to the handicap and you got to walk up the ramps. It's a lot of shit. Can't do cobblestone <laughs> in Toronto. Uh, so it's just interesting. And so I feel like I really connected to that. That's when I cried when I watched it before we started the pod and then during the pod uh, today. Is you, you just see him and he looked at the stairs and he's like, motherfuckers. And then he looks at the, the HOA people and they're not going to do anything, right? And so it, it's tough. I remember trying to get pops into some places that aren't, you know, fixed or regulated through the ADA law, Americans with Disabilities Act. And so you got to walk up the steps. We can't walk up the steps. So I'm having him either prop his legs in and shove his tush in, or I'm having to pick him up. I remember at one place, uh, I don't want to mention it because I don't want to get them in trouble because it's a fine establishment. But me and Spence went there to eat for chicken wings in Detroit a while ago uh, last year. There's There's no disability thing. And so I had to pick him up and I bear hugged him. And then I slipped. And when I slipped, I pulled in pretty tight and I cracked one of his ribs. Uh, So he couldn't breathe because he's a fucking trooper. He sat there through the entire dinner with a broken rib. Uh, And he's just looking at me. And he wanted to cuss me out, but he's also like, I can't breathe. Uh, And so that was intense. I'm trying to tell you, if I could, I'd cuss you out. (laughs) Uh, it's just intense, man. You, you start to see things in a different light. Uh, when me and Spence went on the trip, it was like this weird Tourette. Every time Spence would go to the front seat, I would like follow him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what the fuck are you doing? Because I'm used to kicking my father's feet into the car. And then I yeah. got to, you know, sometimes shove him in there. Uh, I'm like, get out of here, dog. <laughs> yeah. He's about to rupture my other Achilles. Yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> Let me kick that bitch for you, dog. Uh, I told dad that to like today or yesterday. He's like, Jesus Christ. Uh, so there's things that you start to notice. So that's where my emotions got spiked up. The anger uh, that he showed protecting his wife. I feel that's a thing with me too. If I know people that are, have any type of disability. So, or let's say neurodivergent speaking issues, high anxiety. And then you treat them like shit. Then I will Tom mm-hmm. Hanks you in the room. Like when he stood up to that one guy. One of my clients said the other day, because I gave her that timestamp, he said, I wish I had a Tom Hanks in my life. I said, you got me, knucklehead. But I ain't going to go hit your boss. So, you know, but I'm going to give you the words to check his ass. And you're going to have this meeting and then the next meeting. And everything will happen according to plan. Like me and Spencer's talked about in the air. I can already predict Mm -hmm. the future. You you do these things I say, things will just domino effect. Mm -hmm. That wheelchair shit was tough for me, brother. Uh, and then him admitting that's why I turned my lights off because I was going to join her and I'm like mm. uh, just the way he said it because uh, I was like I want him to join her to be happy because he's miserable as shit so I, I get it I'm not even going to shame him for being suicidal I think mm. others probably will I'm not going to shame him for it so I I, I, I got it Obviously, I didn't want a human to take their own life, but also he was completely fucking miserable. So what's the point of being here? But it turns out there was a point and he just didn't know it. There was a point. It was coming. Yeah. Just a few more days away. And it was just, 
little Mexican lady. Spence, uh, Spence mm. finally, I finally got to watch Ted Lasso. We're going to do a wonderful pun on it. And I told him how attracted I am to the CEO of the soccer team. Ted Lasso, uh, yeah. The, and she's like super tall and just mean as shit. I also am yeah. attracted to Mary Saul because she's just kind of like mean and sassy and shit. <laughs> it's, it's quite wonderful. I'm like, I have a weird type, like short, Mexican, mean. and sassy, and then tall, and just mean. Mean has to be in there. Yeah, I know. You're like, I cannot be with a nice woman. Yeah. I, I just want to get slapped around a little. Treat me like garbage, please. <laughs> okay. Uh, Serena, what in that scene made you in the feels, in the second scene? Um... Well, I guess for me, it was like him finding the new purpose. There's so much of, I think my presentation to people is always a happy, bubbly, friendly type of person. But probably my 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 biggest struggle in life was anger and overcoming anger and finding that alternate purpose. And so just... For me, it was kind of a, like, oh, that, like, sweet moment of him just being, like, I I wanted to end my life. There was no purpose to my life, to in this next moment of, like, I found purpose. And, you know, I don't, I don't actually think that's what I need anymore. And I actually think she wants this for me. So even that change in the belief system of she wants this for me, to now I found purpose. And actually, I'm going to live for her in a different way. So just that big change in perspective. Mm -hmm. So that's what got me in the feels, especially like all of the anger, you know, the shoving everyone out. And that's why it was just such an enduring movie for me, because I mean, that's really of what it looks like working with an angry client. I do, we're just chiseling. <laughs> we're like mm -hmm. slowly getting in there and breaking down that anger and, and getting to another place and then finding that purpose and even connecting with other feelings outside of just that anger. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I just I, liked him finding a new purpose. I, uh, life is tough. Yeah, Serena, me and you have had some tough shit. Uh, and then to be counselors and like our purpose is magnified times a thousand compared to what, what we ever would have thought of. Like yeah. the people that we help and the people that we stop from hurting themselves, killing themselves, they treat others. But so much that we've done. I can't even imagine a life without, and, and this is me being a little narcissistic with me and you. But like the world would be a lot less, a lot more cold without people like me and you. But maybe what makes us so warm is the traumas that we went through, because there are some studies that say that people with more trauma history have more ability to have empathy. And also a lot of studies are saying that people that grow up in certain situations have more caring and will give you things more than what other people will that are more privileged, because uh, we know yeah. what it's like to feel like that, and thus we will give. Uh, yeah, look at you now. You're doing all types of shit therapizing people and you got kids and you're happy and you've gone fishing you can barely even walk and you went fishing with your family yesterday yeah that's what i'm saying uh i should have pushed you out there women some other hippos would have saw you i'm joking honestly i know no this is this is exactly like how my husband talks with me and he's like He's like, I I really hope nobody in public sees me like say some of these comments like hippo or like yeah. <laughs> that's how I talk also. So there you like, go. Hey, I'm I'm one of them motherfuckers too. I ain't got no baby. I just I'll be wilding my ass off. 
It's just cool to think, as I told a student the other day, so you're talking to a ghost. It's supposed to be dead or in jail. Uh, and dead by homicide or suicide, right? Because it was a time and it was an attempt. So, I mean, shit was weird. So you're talking to a ghost. And I said, my purpose? Maybe I already filled my purpose. Maybe it was holding the door open for this one random fucking jackass that smiled. Maybe I stopped them from hurting themselves one day. Maybe I stopped them from robbing the place. How the fuck do I know? I feel like I'm playing with free cards now. Life is just like kind of good. And she said, I need more than that. I need to know finitely like what's going on. I said, you're never going to know what's going on. There'll never be like your, I serve my purpose in the world. That's not a thing. Yeah. You're always going to be thinking, did you do more and more? And I'm like, fuck it. I think I already did it. So now it's just like free play. Yeah. It's like, it's like when you're a kid at recess and they're like, or at gym, it was gym. Yeah. You're like, it's free play. You know, instead of doing like a certain thing, we have free, free time. All you fuckers just run around, like beat the shit out of each other. Yeah. Nice. You never know, man. Uh, so people watching the pod, let's see what your purpose is. Uh, as our last pod, we talked about step into those shoes and see what happens. See what happens. You don't know what's out there. Maybe it's just more fucking depression. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. Who knows? Let's see what happens. Let's see what's on the other side of that. As I tell many clients, Life is fucking tough, and there's a lot of misery. And so if you don't find those pockets of happiness and people to have your back and little things to joy, if you don't actually look at the small things, you will drown in misery. That's part of that being intentional. So looking beyond just that feeling of, yeah, I see some of these parts that suck. Can I identify one part that sucks a little less or is actually going okay? How long are you going to cause yourself to suffer? Yeah. I get it. You, you, you let your family down maybe a little bit, your brother down a little bit, and you know, you're going to suffer for another 20, 30 years. You're 22. You're going to live to probably 70, 80. You said, Allah willing. I said, yeah. So what are we going to do? Can we make better choices? Tom Hanks, I'm glad, I'm glad he got to see some joy and happiness before uh, the end. Folks, if you haven't seen the movie, watch the movie. Get your tissues ready. And after this, I had to put on the stupidest fucking show just to regulate myself. It was something like yeah. Jennifer Lopez. It was so terrible. And I'm like, this, Jennifer I hate Lopez. this person. <laughs> Sounds terrible. Already. It was horrible. It was so bad. But I immediately hated everything about the movie. And I was like, I feel better now. I'm back in yeah. the hate. Yeah. <laughs> Go to the dark side. Yeah. Serena's like, yes. yes. <laughs> Unlimited power. <laughs> Serena's like, I can teach you the dark arts. Yeah. You're like, aren't you supposed to be my therapist? Murder. <laughs> Murder. Here's my girl. These duties for the dark side. Yeah. <laughs> You shall learn from the best. Oh my gosh. It's Serena. <laughs> yep. And that's what it's like in session with me. So you guys pretty much summed it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even though she's bubbly as shit. Oh my God. Uh, that's all I got. Uh, diagnosis. Uh, obviously, uh, grief disorder, prolonged grief disorder, which is new in the DSM. Uh, definitely neurodivergent with OCD. Some some may label it probably not neurodivergent and label him OCD and OCD PD. 
OCD personality disorder. Um, and then maybe they would probably label him avoidant uh, disorder, uh, personality disorder. But he's going to be neurodivergent. And because his heart was broken and shattered a million pieces, pieces he pushes everyone away. So I'm not going to say it's personality disorder. I'm going to say neurodivergent with uh, grief. Um, treatment is community. Love, purpose is exploration. Uh, treatment is exploration and finding some stuff. Uh, probably uh, group support for grief or people that have lost their spouses. It's probably would be best for him. Because um, not all of us are lucky to get a Mary Saul in our life to be so fucking nosy and make us food. Basole. Uh, so yeah, folks are looking for a neurodivergent individual that finds it hard to speak, that's very particular, that gets deregulated from little small things. Wonderful character to look at. If you're looking for someone that doesn't show a lot of affect, a lot of physical affect, um, wonderful character to relate to because he loves his wife so much in this movie and you see it, you could feel it through the way he looks at her. And the way he treats her, but right, maybe some of my boys or my women in here, you're not the best words. You're going to have to show up like he does. So if you're looking for some stuff or you, you like this person, you like Tom Hanks, you like someone that's neurodivergent. Which means that you should not be scared of us. Uh, you should see, uh, you can see partnerships and relationships with many of us that act like him. So something to think about. So it's like when they saw Wednesday Adams. You love Wednesday Adams. Well, FYI, you love someone that's no diversion. So um, things to think about. Uh, I'm good, Spence. Okay. Serena, any last words? That sound weird. No, I don't think so. Okay. All right. So talked about some deep subjects today on the pad. Um, I actually wrote down a quote from Serena that I think was pretty cool. Um, she said, if they don't catch you, murder is fine. Holy shit. <laughs> so I'm going to with that. I thought it was going to be um, like and... a deep, like motivational, like therapy. Serena was like, oh shit, I did it. Spence like, no, you suck. <laughs> Gotcha. Uh, so, with that today, um, check out the Google Drive. Leave a tip. We got June guests coming in. Some new blood. Um, so, check us out. And check out our merch that's coming out soon. So, yeah, that's it. I'm Spencer. That's Nas. Different Spectrums Podcast. Murder. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Much love, everyone. Take care of yourselves. Be kind and patient.